VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take your company firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zidle, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track and making sure you don't get sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Let's start with a Smart Moves tip. Remember, the name of the game is action. Make sure your business goals don't get stranded on an island called, Someday I'll do this or I'll do that. If you want to make it happen, you need to set specific goals, develop action plans, and then go do it. Here to help us go do it is my guest, Dana Phillips. And today's program is Taking the Pains Out of Time Management. At the end of the day, are you satisfied with what you've accomplished or would you like to have done more? Dana, a sales coach and time management specialist, will share valuable tips to help you get more out of your day every day. Dana possesses a unique blend of skills, her experience in the field, her years as an executive, and now her work training coaches from around the world positions her as an expert in the field of time management. Dana is fun, informative, and real. She will touch your heart and give you great tools to grow your business. Welcome, Dana. It's a delight to have you on the program. Thank you so much, Marcia. It's awesome to be here with you. I'm really excited to be able to share with folks today and, and really happy to share this platform with you. So let's get started. Uh, you study time management. You coach time management. What prompted your interest in this area? Oh, that's a great question. You know what? It's because I'm not naturally organized, and I was not born to be a great uh, time manager. And basically, I had to learn a little bit about it in college. Um, we were I was a debater in college, and so in addition to going full-time to school, I also was a debater, and we were gone literally Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday from October until April, and so I wasn't around the campus a lot, and I still had to compete and do all my the classwork plus all the work to do it, and I began to learn some time management skills then, which really helped me and served me, and I, I kind of found them interesting, and then as I married and got into the workforce, and we have five kids. Three of our kids are adopted, and I was running a business out of my home. And that I think it was that that really said, okay, enough. I need to become a student of managing my time. I was so exhausted, not feeling like I was getting anything done, 
um, even though I was probably getting some stuff done, you know, and I think all of us feel that way. And so it was very painful for me to think about time management, and uh, that's that's really what got me started. Well, you know, I think we could all identify with your story because most of us feel we are not managing our time well. We feel stressed, burned out, and then we, you know, and then we take it out on ourselves. And I'm sure that there are, um, you know, ways to improve our time management. But first, um, what is the biggest misunderstanding about time management that you have found? Well, you know, the interesting thing about time management is that all of us have too much to do, and none of us have enough time to do it. And so what happens is is we begin to get this concept that other people maybe have more time, or we'll start kidding ourselves about, well, if I just had an extra hour in the day, and guess what? There's 168 hours in the week, and whether you're Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or Marsha's Idol or Dana Phillips, you have 168 hours. And so... Time management really is, the truth about it is that it concerns how we resolve that dilemma. Too much to do, not enough time to do it, and it's time that's the limiting factor in our lives. Not money, not skills, not talent, not activity. You can get more money. You can work on skills. You can develop your talents. You can do more activities. But it's time that is that limiting factor. And so when I think about it, the big misunderstanding is, is people think time management is something that they can um, look at or think about, and really time management is self-management. And the second piece is um, habits are, are the key to good time management. So if time management is really self-management and time's not adaptable, people are. Managing time means adapting ourselves to its passage in some satisfying manner. So we're managing ourselves. If time seems to be out of control, it means that we're out of control, and that's very painful. To bring ourselves back under control, we have to learn new and more appropriate habits. And so the second piece, habits are the key to good time management. Good results come from good habits. Poor results come from poor habits. And it's important to remember that habits are a learned behavior and they can be changed. Your habits may impact your destiny, but you can control your habits. Well, you know, that is so good to hear because, um, you know, sometimes we feel that we're out of control, that the life is just, our lives are just spinning and we can't do anything about it. And, um, I think what you're saying is that we can bring some control into our lives and that it is up to us. It is not someone out there that's going to do it. It's going to be up to us. So, you know, for those of us who are really trying to get control, which includes me, of our time, uh, where do we start? Well, the first, start, first step for some people, really, truly, Marsha, might be just changing your thinking. Um, there's a great quote, I think many of the listeners have heard this, Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. <laughs> so what you think about time is important. You usually act in ways that are consistent with your beliefs. So to become a master of your time, you must first believe that you can do it. And that that's probably the first step. Research has shown that people basically um, respond when they're thinking about time in two primary ways. They respond internally 
or they respond externally. Uh, let me kind of explain what I'm talking about. At one end, there are these internals, people who believe strongly they can make a difference in the world. And at the other end, there are the externals, people who believe they have no control or influence over the things that happen to them, and they feel pushed around and they simply react to their environment or maybe even complain about what happens and, and to the extreme could become victims. So the more that you believe you can control, the more you will try to control, and the more you will control. Very powerful. And, of course, there are certain situations that none of us can anticipate. However, letting the possibility of uncertain events govern our daily behavior is really self-defeating. So most of us can probably control far more than what we believe that we can. So quick tips about attitude. I would say avoid regrets. <laughs> most of us have regrets about what we did or didn't do in the past, last week, last month, last few years, and we just need to see that regrets are a part of life. So having regrets is not necessarily bad unless you let them hinder your future. And in a way, regrets are unavoidable, no matter what you do. They often arise because your values change as you grow older. Um, I guess, you know what, avoid regrets, and, and that will really help. And then the second piece is recognize that self-discipline really does pay off. Self-discipline really does. Most of us have discovered that there's a big difference between knowing what to do and doing it, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. And so we know the bridge between the two is called self-discipline, but we can't seem to cross it. So just understanding that if we really practice self-discipline, it can be the difference between those who achieve and those who only dream about achieving. It's really a key to personal freedom. Well, can you give us an example of someone, maybe even you, who has, you know, crossed this bridge, who has developed the self-discipline? Uh, because um, I think we all struggle with that. Yeah, I, I think so. I think really, um, for me, to be honest, it tied up in, in the regrets. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I, I should. And I should on myself. You know what I mean? I was just like always looking backwards. And the day that I decided to stop looking backwards and realize that the choices that I make moving forward are going to make a difference, then I could say, okay, I'm going to put this habit in place. And, you know, after, after the next segment, we can talk a little bit more about how to change some of those habits. But I, that takes self-discipline. And so really just thinking about, um, uh, Everybody says that self-discipline really, truly comes from within. So it's kind of doing this honest assessment of yourself, first believing, if I choose to change, I can. That's, that's the piece that it's almost like a mantra for me. If I choose to change, I can. But each one of us has to find it for ourselves. We're the only ones who really can unlock that potential. Yes, and um, a couple points that I, I think are so valuable um, one is that um, it, it, it's like most of us know what we need to do, but it's that crossing the bridge to do it. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that that's a key point and not to beat up ourselves about the past. It's not regrets. I mean, that is such an important idea because most of us do have regrets, regrets about decisions we've made, decisions about our career, decisions about our personal life, decisions, business leaders who you hired yeah. or you, who you didn't hire. Um, and 
if we can really say that that's water over the bridge, that's one thing. But the other important thing is that what have we learned from this? What have we learned from poor decisions? What have we learned from um, getting off track? Uh, and how we can make it make it better. And we have about three, four minutes, before, about three minutes before the break. So I'm wondering if you have some other ideas that you can talk about of either with regrets or self-discipline or maybe start talking about how people can begin changing their habits. Sure. You know, Marcia, I, as I was listening to you, I thought it's so true. One of the great ways to bridge that gap is something that you do and I do, and that is to find a coach. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of times, you know, training and, and learning bridges the gap between what we don't know and what we know. Coaching will often put us in that place that bridges the gap between what we know and we're not doing. And so having that extra layer of accountability with, with a coach, I know that you have lots of clients in the business world, as do I, that really find a great help in crossing that bridge by having that coach who holds that place for you to succeed. I think I think that's a, a huge piece. Um, there are some individuals who honestly can do it all on their own. I am not one of those individuals, so I almost always have a coach for some part of my life. And, uh, you know, that, that really serves me and, and helps me a lot. Um, if you don't have a coach, perhaps an accountability partner mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that you work with that, that you can pick. Well, you know, I, I think back to my days of when I did a lot of work with uh, an outplacement and people who were either moving, wanting to move up in their career and uh, wanted to get another job. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember distinctly uh, one of my clients, uh, we had a Monday morning 9 a.m. call every Monday morning. And one of the things he said to me was that I knew I needed to report to you what I had done the following week in order to meet the goals that we've set. And he says at the end, he got the job he wanted, and it was a great promotion. And he said to me, you know, without that accountability to you, I'm not sure I could have done it. So I think the idea of whether you an accountability partner is so important in 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 going from what you want to do to actually doing it to actually succeeding. Um, do you have any other suggestions about that? Any other maybe you, a, a client of yours that you can talk about? Well, I, you know, I was just thinking, as you were talking about that, I taught, thought of two or three clients. I have one client literally who blocks her schedule and she texts it, takes a picture of it right in her, you know, our Outlook and texts it to me. Um, I look at it not really very closely, but just the act of her saying, take a look at this, I've done it, is uh, promotes that kind of self-discipline for her to be blocking calendar, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I think, yes, and... Um you know, we have about another minute or two before the break. Um, okay. Anything else, any other thoughts that you'd like to, um, or on examples uh, for um, for the listeners? Oh, well, you know what? I think the other thing, you know, when we're talking about finding an accountability, you know, doing this self-discipline, I think mm-hmm. it's really um, very much tied in with very personally doing a, an assessment, of, you know, really being honest with yourself and really looking and reflecting and thinking, okay, 
what do I definitely need to do to adjust my attitudes? Maybe I need to realize that um, the Chinese proverb, besides the noble art of getting things done, there's a noble art of leaving things undone. And the wisdom of life lies in eliminating the non-essentials. So sometimes we keep putting more things on our plate. Maybe we realize the wisdom is taking some things off. Or maybe we think about um, habits. Nightingale said, habits are the key to success. Successful people form the habit of doing the things that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. Well, let's hold that thought. Those are two wonderful uh, quotes. And it's time for a short break. This is Marcia Zidal, Smart Moves Coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. When we return... Dana will continue talking about taking the pains out of time management. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back. I have as my guest Dana Phillips a time management expert, and she is talking about taking the pains out of time management. On our uh, prior segment, uh, we talked about the importance of how you think about time management. That is going to determine a lot of your behavior, How uh, the idea of avoiding regrets, and that the importance of self-discipline. So, Dana, now that we have that piece and that background, how does a person begin to change their habits? What do they need to do? Well, you know, really, first of all, the first step in beginning to change a habit is you have to want to change. 
you may have heard this joke. I, I love it. It's how many uh, coaches does it take to change a light bulb? No, I haven't heard it. Okay. Tell me. Well, this is so cute. The answer is um, it takes one, but that light bulb has really got to want to change. <laughs> I like that. I yeah. love that. And I think okay. that's really kind of descriptive of what happens when we think about changing our habits. In order to change habits, we have to identify them. And I've got um, a really awesome assessment that I use in my in my practice that measures 12 different dimensions of time and then you really kind of identify specifically what dimension you want to work in. So whether it's um, goals or scheduling or prioritizing, procrastinating, uh, meeting time, writing time, all of these dimensions of how we use our time, the assessment says here's what's important to you, here's what you're really good at, and here's where you can grow. And I love the assess- assessment. It's called My Time Mastery. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end if people are interested. But once we have done that assessment or once a person has really decided what they want to do, then there's a five-step process, and I love this five-step process. First, number one, is identify the habit you want to change. It's so painful for us to say, oh, I need to get more organized. That is not a habit. You have to pinpoint the precise behaviors that you wish to change. You'll have to analyze many of your behaviors and the situations where they occur. And then really carefully examine your assumptions to see if any of those assumptions are holding you back from achieving the change you desire. So the more you know about what you do, when you do it, why you do it, the easier it will be to identify the habits that are detrimental. So the first step is identify the habit that you want to change. Well, can you give me an example from your practice of, from one of your clients, what habit did they want to change? Great. Um, Here's a perfect example. I have a a client that um, knows that they say yes to everything. (laughs) You know, oh, can (laughs) you do this? Yeah, I'll do it. Oh, can you, can you bring this, you know, to, to work? Yeah, I could do that. Oh, would you volunteer? Oh, yeah, I'll do that. And so she recognized that the habit, the precise habit that she had, was that she said yes to everything without taking anything off her plate. And the assumption, the, the limiting belief underneath that was is that she wanted to make everybody happy. And it was really holding her back from achieving the goals that she'd set. So she really looked at that, that underlying assumption, which was I'm trying to please everybody and mm-hmm. said I can't please everybody. And then she said the habit I want to change is not saying immediately yes to everything. So is that the second step, which is to carefully define the new habit you yes. wish to develop? Okay. That's it. That's exactly it. Carefully define the new habit. So you can um, think about in, in the category that you're working on, in the dimensions, really what do I want to change and what's the new habit that I plan to adopt? Her new habit for this example was I will not say yes. And so you have to be really honest with yourself. You have to gather enough information to implement that change. And so she ended up writing one, and that would be um, very clear for her. And she said, I will say yes more slowly. And I loved that because it was, she was so hard for her to say no to people. She said, I will just say yes more slowly. Okay. And that was and her then, new habit. Okay, and then what's the third step? Well, the third step then is to begin that behavior as strongly as possible. This is really interesting. You know, we say, okay, I'm going to change. 
but it's to be as strong as possible because that begins to imprint new behaviors and actually that whole neurological path to your brain to say, okay, this is a new path I'm taking. And so tell everybody about that new habit that you want to develop. Set up a routine to go with that habit. Put signs um, in your office or in your home reminding you of the new behavior. Remember the importance of the cues that are that lead you to do that and how those habits are interrelated. And then if possible, change your environment to give your new habits some kind of fresh air to grow in. So at, to continue with the example that we were talking about, is this client actually decided for herself she would put a screensaver that says, I can't please everybody, so say yes slowly. Great. And I like that. And then let's go to the, the fourth and fifth one, okay? okay? Well, four is then don't stray from the behavior until it's firmly established. You know, I think about brushing your teeth. You don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to brush my teeth today. You just get up and do it. it and it would feel weird, I hope. I hope it would feel weird if you didn't brush your teeth, right? Right. So what what happens a lot of times is many people practice a new behavior some of the time and some practice a new behavior most of the time and only very few per- make it a new behavior. So part-time application doesn't develop new habits. New habits come from a result of consistent and persistent practice. And honestly, Marcia, anybody listening will be tempted many times to just do things the old way. Resist those temptations. And some people will rationalize saying, oh, just this once won't matter. The truth is that every time you stray, you have to start over again. So the more times you attempt to start over, the harder it is to change. And so, then, what you're, so what you're saying is get a new habit and stick to it and, because it's going to be hard if you keep going back to your old habits. Each time you go back to your old habit and try to start the new one, it's going to get more and more difficult. Absolutely. You are absolutely right. And so the, the first, you've got to identify. Then the second one, clearly define what the new habit is. Third, start that behavior as strong as possible. Four, don't stray. And then five is really helpful. Ask other people to help you change. Few of us make significant changes without the support of others. Think carefully about who might be able to help you. How can they help you best? It's kind of like the person that you were talking to on every Monday morning. That person needed you to review what what they had done the week before. So think about that person that's going to be your helper, help you to change, what you'll ask them to do, and really build as strong a support team around you that makes new habits easier to, to matter. Well, now that we've gone through the five steps, uh, one of the things that I think most of us deal with in time management uh, and, and which is an opportunity for growth is procrastination. I don't know anyone who doesn't procrastinate, and I'm including myself in it. Can you talk talk about that? Yeah, you know, procrastination is so funny. It, it, we all do it in some way, shape, or form. Some of us, though, are... Um, are really, like, really caught into it. It's paralyzing for us. And uh, some of us have a, a perfectionistic tendency, and so we, we do that. But I think the dimension that's often the oper- biggest opportunity for growth for most people is to really work on to stop procrastinating. And for a couple of reasons. One is it prevents success. You know, success comes from doing the really important things that are critical to getting results. And essentials are, are most subject to procrastination. So, Because we seldom seem to procrastinate about the unimportant things. If we could only learn to shift our procrastination from the important to the unimportant, oh, my gosh, our problems would disappear. 
So what causes it? Well, you know, it doesn't respect anybody. It's a respecter of no one. <laughs> All of us suffer from it at one time or another. Um, it's really doing low-priority actions or tasks instead of high-priority ones. It's like um, straightening out your desk when you should be working on the report, watching TV when you should be exercising, mm. having another cup of coffee when you should <laughs> be getting mm-hmm. back to the office. Um, calling on the friendly customer who buys very little when you really should be calling on the not-so-friendly person because they potentially buy more. Um, yeah, I think we all have examples of that, right? Right, and I can identify with every one of those examples. So as we are moving on, um, I think you're going to talk about preventative action, and also you're going to talk about Brian Tracy. Yeah, well, the preventive action I think that is really important is changing your do-it-later urge into a do-it-now. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Change your do-it-later urge into a do-it-now mastery. That requires positive action. So it starts with preventively don't defend your procrastinations. Don't say, I do my best work when I wait till the last minute, because you don't. (laughs) You're just rationalizing that, and you're trying to justify your own procrastination. Um, If you simply keep defending or denying or rationalizing your procrastination, there's no hope for improvement. Okay? So the most valuable thing that you can do when you're procrastinating is to admit it. As long as you continue to deny or rationalize it, you're really not in a position to overcome it. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes exact sense. And yeah. I can, you know, um, I'm one of those uh, that has said from, I don't know, since I was in college, I always work best under stress. So I always leave it to the last minute. And maybe yeah. years ago I was able to do that, but not today. Yeah, well, the reality uh, is is that, it, you know, the neurological stuff, the research that they've done says, no, that's not true. No one does their best work under stress. We just tell ourselves that because we procrastinated. And that gives us the adrenaline to accomplish it. So once you admit that you're procrastinating, you can begin to examine your situation and determine why in order to find a technique for conquering it, okay? So in the end, procrastination, like any other problem, can be solved by positive action. So think about this. Brian Tracy, who's a great author on time mastery, and he wrote the book, Eat That Frog. He says, do the biggest or the toughest first. Now, maybe that's a new habit that you want to develop. Do the biggest or the toughest. If you're going to, he says, if you're going to eat a bunch of frogs, eat the big one first because the rest of them will slide right down. Um, that is going to be very difficult. We have about um, another 30 seconds before we go to the break. Um, and when we get back, I think you're going to be talking about, uh, what are you going to be talking about when we get back? Well, you know, just to kind of take a look at those five steps again. And then let's talk about... Um, you know, maybe some of the other things that people struggle with, uh, maybe setting priorities. Right, right. But the idea of doing the toughest one first, I realize that's an old habit and you're going to have to, uh, you know, develop a new habit. You're going to have to take steps to change and avoid straying mm-hmm. and then getting help. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all great things. Uh, that you've talked about and what we do it's going to be time for a short break uh, this is Marcia Zidal Smart Moves Coach you're listening to the Business Edge taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America Business Channel when we return Dana will be talking about setting priorities which um, is a basic basic tenet of time management. So stay tuned and Dana will be back. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Social media is growing at an astounding rate. In just virtually five short years, we have seen YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter take the world by storm. How do you effectively make social media work for you? Tune in to The Social Universe with host Kurt Wilhelm. We'll show you how to market your business or yourself to get ahead, especially in unstable economic times. We'll also discuss practices that you can apply to increase visibility and revenue as you unlock the mysteries of the social universe. The Social Universe is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Well, welcome back. Um, this is Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Dana Phillips, a time management uh, expert, and she's been talking about taking the pain out of time management. At our last segment, we talked about procrastination, a big, big, big problem for most of us, and Dana made a very uh, interesting statement. She said, procrastination is doing low-priority items instead of high-priority. So, Dana, how do we move to doing high-priority items? You know, I think that's something that I work with a lot of people on, and I've got some thoughts and ideas. You know, priorities really refer to those important things, Marcia. In order to get better results, you need to spend more time doing the important tasks. Unfortunately, most of us are still in the habit of responding to the urgent things instead of the important And so a couple of things that we just want to remember around that is to always be working on the important versus the the urgent. Um, Important things are the ones that contribute significantly to our objectives. They have high value. The more the direct contribution in some in sales we call it the IPAs the income producing activities the more important the activity uh, important things also tend to have long-term consequences and effects so spending time in a relationship for example um, to nurture your marriage would be an important priority for some people urgent things on the other hand are the ones that say they're those little screaming yimmies you know that require our immediate attention open me now look at this you know and they may or may not relate to our objectives or make significant contributions. But urgent things are far more compelling than important things. 
So we kind of live in that constant tension. And uh, I'll talk just a little bit to give you some tips on how to keep those straight. But if you think about the Pareto Principle, um, and, and I think most people know about the 80-20. Over the years, this concept has involved into the 80-20, where 80% of the value comes from 20% of the time that we spent, while the remaining 20% of the value comes from 80% of the time. So it can be related to this important, urgent concept. Um, important but not urgent items are usually part of that 20% that give us 80% of our results. So really think and reflect what are the important things that are going to give me the results that I want. I think intuitively we all know what's important. If you're running a business, you know that it's important for you to take time to work on the business, not just continually in the business. I think a lot of us have this great sense of what we know, but we still don't do it. And so let me just give you some real quick tips, okay? Yes, and you know, before you do that, I would like to just say that um, that eighty twenty um, uh, principle is so imp- you know is important, and we, we need to remember it whether we are in sales, as you were talking about, or in in leadership, because I find that. Uh, many business leaders focus a lot on the external with the customers, with, um, you know, trying to get more customers or more, or more business. And they forget about at times the internal, the people who are, who will drive your business. And so there'll be times when they'll spend more time outside than inside. And I have to shift them to look at what are, you know, the, what do you want and how are you spending your time? And I think you're talking about that. That as well. Mm-hmm. So now that we know the 80-20 principle, uh, what are some tips that you can give our listeners? Well, I think one to be on a great awareness is to eliminate the trivial things. Don't allow trivial things to crowd out the important things. You know, most people will start with the quick and easy, enjoyable things. Start with the important things. Um, and then I think just because something's urgent doesn't mean it's important. So important activities are those always filter is this taking me to my goal, to my objective? And I loved how you started at the top of the hour when you said and your tip, you know, as a smart coach is to really make sure that you develop actions and you are smart about it and specific and then go do it. And I think that really ties in exactly with what I'm talking about here. Um, here's a great one is don't always do someone else's request at the <laughs> expense of your own top priorities. In other words, learn how to say no. Even if it's a client learning how to say yes slowly, do it logically, do it firmly, do it tactfully. It, it don't allow someone else's request at the expense of your own. Um, I think another one I would say is don't necessarily um, oil the squeaky wheel. There are some times, whether it's an employee or a customer or a client or a vendor, that's a squeaky wheel and they're demanding your attention. And sometimes we just jump to that because particularly in customer service things that we just think we have to take care of all. And that's not always the best place for us to be spending our time. Not that we want to ignore them, but you don't always have to oil the squeaky wheel. Think about long-term, is this going to take me, if I spend my time here and it doesn't allow me to spend my time there, is it going to get me where I want? And so I think those are some good ones. Um, if you're interested in some more, I can keep going. But I, I think another one is people switch priorities just because others make a loud demands. So be really careful about who's demanding what in your life. And those are all kind of specific behaviors. And maybe our listeners will just pick one of those today that they say, this is the new habit 
that I want to create. And so then taking that habit, so for example, um, I'm not going to do the fun stuff first. I'm going to do the, um, I, I'm not getting things done. So the habit I've identified I need to change is setting a priority, what is the high priority, and then sticking with that. So then really starting strong with that is going to make a big difference because you'll say, you know what, I am going to do the, the big things, the important things first, and then I'll reward myself with those quick and easy, enjoyable things. Well, you know, when you, one of your tips was don't oil the squeaky wheel, and um, I think, and, and I think this ties into the idea of don't do someone else's request at expense of your top priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the uh, things that I work with with uh, business leaders is that the idea that they always that they've been told keep your door open, be accessible to your people. And yes, you, yes, that is a good, uh, leadership practice to be accessible to your, to your, uh, both to your customers and to your employees, but that doesn't mean you have a revolving door that any time, any time and every time someone has a need, they just walk into your office. And so, Part of, I think, time management, and I'd like to hear your idea about this, is setting setting boundaries. When are you available? When are you not available? And letting people know that and, and, and telling them why, that um, on Tuesday mornings from 1 to 3, my door is going to be closed and, and because I need to get this report to, you know, out by 4 o'clock that afternoon every week. So as one of the things that you work with your clients is uh, setting boundaries. Absolutely, and that kind of goes into scheduling, which is another one of the 12 dimensions that we talk about when I when I do coaching with folks on their time is, is setting a schedule. You know, one that I was thinking of about the squeaky wheel is email, Marcia. In recent years, it's not uncommon for some of my clients to have hundreds of email coming across their um, PC every single day or their laptop or even now on their iPhone. And so sometimes because it's there or because the text is there, it is urgent and it may not be the important. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that awareness of really saying, I'm not going to stop, drop, and roll. I'm not going to create each email as equally important because you and I both know. I mean, you get a lot of email. I do. Our listeners definitely do. And they're mm-hmm. not all equally important. And so learning how to perhaps filter some of them um, so that they go into a certain folder that, you know, I can deal with those later or checking those ones first that are priority instead of just answer them first in, first out. Those are some examples that are habits that you might want to work on um, to keep your priorities a priority. So what other because ha- I do agree with you not responding to your emails this is hard for people turning off your iPhone you know um um, what other things can people do to start changing, to set those boundaries, or to focus more on their priorities? Well, I think, you know, let's, let's talk about the email one or something like that. If you go back then to those five steps that we talked about, identify the habit. You know what? I am answering all of those emails just as if they're equal. That's crazy. That you know. So then clearly define the new habit that you wish to develop. I am not going to answer every email immediately, Okay. I'm going to prioritize the emails first and, and answer the important first. 
then you begin that new behavior with strength and determination and tell other people that you're doing it, you know, so that it doesn't uh, surprise everybody when you, God, you used to answer all my emails and let me know. No, I really am working on this. It's my new behavior. I'm really trying to answer the important ones first, not the order of appearance. And then don't stray from that behavior until your habit is established. And then finally, ask other people to help you, whether it's your employees, your partner, a coach, someone to really support you in that. So that's an example then of a habit that you want to change and shifting that into those five steps so that you can create a new habit. I just had a client that over the course of six months has really done that. Um, She is in customer service. She manages a very large customer service department. And she said, you know what, just learning that not every one of them has equal weight and going through and reading the, the notes and who they're coming from first because she receives three to 400 emails a day. Wow. Yeah, saying, okay, I came back from lunch, and here they all are. Here's 60 emails. Look who they came from and mm-hmm. prioritize them by flagging them on her outlook. I thought that was just brilliant. It, it, she came up with that, but what a great way, and then now that's become a habit for her. So you've had many successes uh, with clients, and um, can you give me one a quick other example? Because we're going to take a break within a minute or so. Oh, sure. You know what? Here's another one. If you think about these five steps... I had someone who said, I know that I would rather um, check my email first thing in the morning when it's really the best time for me to be making calls. The best time for that individual who I was coaching said, it's really the best time for me to make calls with people is from 9 to 10. So the new habit was to not look at my email until 10 o'clock, to make sure that I was doing the important before the urgent. Wow, that that is a great example. Um, And when we come back from the break, can you give one or two other uh, quick tips uh, to help people master their time management? Absolutely. So um, it's time for a short break. This is Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. When we return, Dana Phillips will give us one or two more tips, and then we will go to our next segment. Thank you. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Well, welcome back. Um, this Dana Phillips uh, will be uh, giving us uh, uh, two quick tips about how to take the pain out of time management. And uh, why don't you tell the listeners uh, some things that would be important for them to know? Well, a couple of tips I think that, that are really helpful in time management is planning. You know, you can plan your work and then work your plan. You're going to be more successful. And in a sense, we've been talking about that with habits. But flexibility is really important. And what I see a lot of people not do is give, they don't give themselves what I call buffers. Um, they set appointments one after another after another. And if it happens to run over, then they're late for the next appointment. And so that's a quick tip that's really great. It's to think about planning buffers. For example, Marcia, in my coaching practice, I, um, coach people and I coach for a half an hour or an hour and then I leave myself 15 minutes so if it goes over a little bit I've got time to think about the next client I'm not just going back to back to back so buffers I think are that's a great tip that that our listeners could take away and use right away today Um, another one would be uh, planning every week and an excellent time to do that's like on a Friday afternoon before you leave work uh, ask other people to do the same thing. Meet with key people to review the plans for next week. Coordinate the priorities and the activities. And then those meetings are set by face, by telephone, via email, instant messaging. So pick a time that you're going to be in planning mode every week. Uh, Tracy says that if you spend 15 minutes a day on planning, that you will actually give yourself over an hour in productivity. It's like gained time. Well, you know, that sounds, those are two really great tips. I know you want to talk about your time mastery profile. So why don't you tell the listeners what they can do next? Well, sure. Hey, thanks for having me on your program, Marsha. I think you're creating something really special by bringing experts in the business field like yourself to help listeners. And I know many of you are wondering about these other dimensions of time that I've mentioned and how you would identify your unique opportunities to become more effective. So my company is going to offer a special price on the personalized online profile and a coaching session to support you in time mastery. So for $99, you'll receive a personalized online time mastery profile that you can take online and then you'll get a printout of it as well as a free 30-minute coaching session and because i'm on your show marcia that's a retail value of 250 for only 99 dollars. so to reach me write dana at ultimatecoachuniversity.com Dana, D-A-N-A, at ultimatecoachuniversity.com, and be sure to write the business edge in your subject line, the business edge, so I know it's Marsha's program, and you'll get the special pricing for that. Well, that is a great deal for our listeners, and I want to thank you so much. I've learned so much from you, um, and uh, maybe you can be my accountability partner, because I really do need someone. Well, thank you, Dana. 
And now it's time for Marsha's Musings. You know, a number of years ago, I was part of a Citizens Fire Academy of a local city. I think it's every kid's dream to ride fire engines. Well, I did. I unexpectedly found out a great deal about leadership as I observed firefighters in action at accidents, hospitals, citizens' homes, and even at the fire station. Here's what leads to success, whether you are a city department or whether you are a business. First, you need to have clear, concise goals. Here's what a captain told me. When you get to a fire, it's easy to get sucked in. The adrenaline is going. The fire is like a magnet pulling you in. Everyone needs to know without a doubt the priorities and duties of their job, of their team. It's more than a job description. It's a game plan with standards and expectations. There is no room for mistakes. Our lives depend on it. Really, it's so important in firefighting as well as in your business to have clear, concise goals. So listeners, what's your game plan in your business? Does everyone know it and live it every day? Are you sure? The second thing that leads to success is constant communication. Here's another quote from a captain. It's not enough for the right hand to know what the left hand is doing. Everyone in the group needs to know what's going on. If a firefighter or a paramedic is left out of the loop, gets information too late or not at all, it can lead to disaster. And this is what that captain, how he keeps communicating, um, uh, uh, communication flowing with his firefighters. I thought this is a great, great idea. He asks one question and only one question when the, when the firefighters are out there, uh, putting out a fire or uh, at a major accident. He asks this question, are we winning or are we losing? If he hears we're winning, that says to him that everything is going fine and just continue doing what you're doing. But if he hears we're losing, that says to him, I better get involved in this. And he starts asking the firefighters, what do you need? What's going on, etc. Business owners, if you keep the information flowing, then there'll be no surprises. What I hear from so many is, I didn't know that. Why didn't you tell me that? If I had known that earlier, we could have avoided this disaster. So, business leaders, how do you keep the information flowing? How well is it working? And can you do better at that? Finally, a third thing that leads to success is commitment to the team. Here's what a firefighter said to me. It's not my job is not tolerated here. No matter if we're putting out fires, extricating someone from a wreck, or opening a locked car door with a child inside, we're always backing each other up. We're a team, not just a bunch of firefighters. And we work hard at it Every single day. And when I was there at the fire station, I saw how they worked at it. 
And there was a lot of team building going on. And everyone, every captain or lieutenant in charge of a station did a little differently. But, but listeners, um, what do you do to build a team? Many managers think that bringing a group of people together and saying, quote, we're now a team miraculously transforms a group of people into an efficient, cohesive work group or team. It's not that simple. So how do you move people from the me to we to share, help each other and work together to accomplish goals? What are you doing to build a team? It's not just a once-a-year event. So a smart moves tip. Make your business everyone's business. People need to know what's important. Why should I personally care? How can I make a difference? Do you want to take the growing pains out of growth? Marcia can provide executive coaching to business leaders and managers, facilitate a leadership retreat for your team, or speak to your employees to get them excited about your business. Contact Marcia at smartmovescoach.com. That's M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. When you do, I'll send you 60 ways to build a profitable business. Now, next week's guest is Chris Westfall, the author of the book, The New Elevator Pitch. In today's highly competitive world, you must have a message that cuts through the noise. If you want to get an investor, get a raise, get a customer, or even get a date. Find out the secrets of persuasion and influence from the National Elevator Pitch Champion, Chris Westfall. Make your message matter because in business as well as life, whoever tells the best story wins. One final smart moose thought. There are three kinds of people in this world. Did you know that? Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? Remember, if you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you not get stranded on the island of someday I'll do or I'll go or whatever. Call me now for a free consult at 972-380-9181 or email Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in every week, 11 a.m. Pacific, for The Business Edge with Marcia Zidal, the Smart Moves Executive Coach and Speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company firm or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. Remember, if you keep doing what you've always done, you get what you've always gotten. Start doing something different this week to keep moving. Innovate, improve, ignite, or die. Make smart moves. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level.